Welcome to OOO, an out of ordinary podcast where we dig deep into case studies and the nitty gritty of Web3 marketing. You'll find here all the amazing people that are building Web3. So stick to us as we address their marketing secrets and learn how to build amazing products and brands. Hello everyone, I'm Alex, your fellow Web3 marketer and the host on our Ordinary Podcast. This is episode 29. Let me introduce you to my guest. Sheriff Bennett is a co-founder of Cineblog and fancies himself both a tech and film enthusiast. Years ago, Sharif immersed himself in the entertainment field as a stand-up, improvised actor and screenwriter. It was during this period that he saw many of the pitfalls of the modern-day Hollywood paradigm and wondered how he could make a difference. With that, Sharif decided to go back to school and get an MBA to see if he could somehow incorporate the lessons of the business world with that of his creative endeavors. Upon graduation, he was recruited as a sales rep at IBM and then decided to venture the startup world such as GitLab that allowed him to see what scaling a business actually looked like. It was during this time at GitLab that Cineblock would be founded with a goal of democratizing film finance and bringing alternative investments to a new class of people. Sharif's ultimate passion with Cineblock is to make it possible for anyone to become an investor in TV films that move them. Hi Sharif, how are you? I am great, Alex. Happy Friday. How are you doing today? Happy Friday. I'm so excited. I'm heading to Paris tomorrow. So uh, a bit busy, but very excited that uh, we, we managed to do this episode today. Awesome. Looking forward. Can I come with you to Paris? Yes, please. All right. <laughs> there are like over 250 side events, just saying. Oh, wow. <laughs> no formal. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, You're going to have a great time. You'll have a great time. I sure hope so. Um, so uh, to kick it off, like, can you maybe tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into Web3? Great question. So a little bit about me. My name is, hi, everyone. My name is Sharif Bennett. I'm a co-founder of uh, Cineblock, uh, originally from New York. Uh, I currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia. I guess my introduction or the, the start of the story actually begins many years ago, long before Web3 became a, a concept when I was in college and uh, myself and my co-founder, we were film fanatics, right? We talked about film nonstop, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then after college, we went our separate ways and I returned back to New York. And not long after I turned, returned back to New York uh, is when Web 2.0 came out. Facebook, in, Facebook, uh, MySpace, and I was okay on those. Like those were cool to me, but it was YouTube that really caught me as a vehicle. And I said, oh my God, the concept of someone be, being able to upload their information so that everyone else can now enjoy it and share it. a video like that, that blew me away. And I remember going to see my family and speaking about YouTube and my father immediately understood it. He got it. And my brother was like, nah, Sharif, this makes no sense. Like this isn't going to fly. And I said to myself, look, it will. And I was like, the next big thing that happens, I will take part in it. In some form or fashion, I will take part in it. So like when, so when Web 2.0 came out, I was one of those people who was uploading comedy onto the web. Like I was doing stand up and skits and, and all that. And I said to myself, I will take part in this next major iteration of the web when it happens. Right. So when Web 3 started coming about, I was like, man, this is, this is a golden opportunity right here. And so my interest in there just began to grow. And uh, what happened was that my friend from college uh, got in contact with me 
and said, Sharif, I have an idea that I need your help with. And I was like, well, what's the idea? And he had relayed to me that he had been, uh, after college, he had worked in the film and media industry and had had trouble getting financing for films. And at the same time, by day, he had worked uh, in with mutual funds. He had worked in finance. He had worked in mutual funds. He worked for Fannie and Freddie doing home, uh, home loan mortgages and whatnot and said, I can apply what it is I've learned from a finance perspective now to film finance, but all I need is the right vehicle to do it. And then he stumbled upon the blockchain and said, the blockchain is going to be the way that it happens. So basically this conversation that we had had, and this was back in 2019, laid the foundation for the company it is that we now run, which was Cinebox. Um, and for, you told me a bit about it, but like, um, for our audience, can you maybe tell us a bit about like what is Cineblock and, um, maybe where the idea come from? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so Cineblock is a a digital platform that specializes in content modernization and filmmaker finance. What we do is we take, uh, an asset, call it a film, call it a script, call it any idea. Um, and what we then do is use the blockchain to offer it up for a token investment, meaning a content creator who has a script or who has a film is able to give away a portion of the equity in their content or their asset, if you would, and offer it up for investment. And what we do is we use a a crowdfunding sort of framework. So similar to a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo or even a Seed and Spark, uh, but instead of focusing on donations, our platform differs in that it is centered around the blockchain, focuses on transparency, automation, and equity investment. So when someone comes onto our platform, they're not donating to a campaign. They're investing in someone's work with the hope that that work ultimately appreciates in value so that both parties are financially and mutually aligned in seeing this particular project come to light and be successful. Right. So our ecosystem, the way I I refer to it as our platform now, uh, we treat scripts, assets almost like stocks that someone has the ability to pick and choose and invest in. So our platform now, it's it's kind of like Kickstarter meets E-Trade. Right. Where someone uses a crowdfunding platform to help fund someone else's idea. But simultaneously, they're investing with the hope of appreciation at a later date. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, I really like this idea, especially because like I, I went through the MySpace phase where all the artists were, were going there. Um, I've seen, um, oh my God, I'm, um, I can't remember like what was the, what was the last, uh, what was that big platform? Not Indiegogo, but, um, Seed and Spark. No, there was one that was like, that is really big. Um, anyway, also like all the crowdfunding platforms, like everybody would just like chip in money for like either video, um, like film productions actually, or like short movies, um, or like any other kind of kinds of products. Um, but, uh, and I, and I really like what you're telling me now that, um, this is like a longer term investment. It's not just to, to see something interesting, um, see the, the day of light, the light of day. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, it's really interesting if you think about it, because those platforms, you, are you talking about like GoFundMe? Like that was a big one. I'll, uh, I'll Google it right now. Yeah. But the thing that's really interesting about that, that framework of, of crowdsourcing is that it fundamentally relies on the good hearted nature of people, which is a great thing. I believe most people are, are good hearted as well, but good hearted to a limit. 
right? Um, one of the major ways that we've seen over the past, I don't know, thousand years to motivate people is to in- financially incentivize them to do something. So our platform takes a little bit more, and I hate to say it like this, more of a cynical approach about the nature of mankind and say people will be more willing to participate if they see something out of it, right? And that seeing something out of it is more than, I don't know, a t-shirt or a coffee mug, right? It's actual monetary gains. Exactly. So uh, I looked it up. It was Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yes. 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 (laughs) Of course. I can't even like, I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't even know like how I, how I totally like uh, forgot their name. Um, but anyway, um, I wanted to ask like, what is your long-term and short-term uh, plans? Great question. Um, so short-term, the plan is to launch, right? So we will be launching in, at the end of August, early September, in all probability. Uh, what we've done in the interim is we've also uh, built uh, a complimentary application for NFT minting. So for any content creators who say, hey, I want to be able to monetize my film right now, uh, you're able to do that in our platform with minting. Long-term, uh, obviously we're going to launch, right? But then long-term, there's a whole new component that we'd like to integrate, right? So as it stands right now, we've got these films that we're going to tokenize, put on this platform and offer up for equity ownership. Once our catalog increases in uh, the number of assets it is that we have on it, the plan is to open a subscription model, right? Similar to a Netflix or a Hulu, where people pay a monthly fee um, and will have access to our entire catalog. Now, once again, where we're going to differ from, say, a Netflix or a Hulu, whereas uh, you pay for you pay a monthly subscription for that content just to watch those films and enjoy it. For ours, not only will you be able to watch our content and enjoy it, but then there's the possibility of investing right then and there from the comfort of your home with a click of a button, right? And so people will be able to see the entirety of a catalog, see, watch a completed film, see if that content creator is offering up a campaign for investment and invest right then and there immediately upon watching a film, right? Like that... that that is really when our platform is fully, fully realized. So that's when it becomes sort of Kickstarter meets E-Trade meets Netflix, all in one ecosystem. I like that you mentioned uh, how uh, how you differentiate mostly because like I was reading a post the other day and basically everybody, this this uh, author was saying, oh, it's so complicated to 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 make a difference between like you, yourself and like the others. But at the same time, you can always say I'm like Uber, but better because I do X, Y, Z. So exactly. <laughs> I really like, like uh, what you mentioned there. So um, you told me about like your uh, long short-term plans, but what kind of creators do you have uh, on the platform or you're targeting uh, moving forward? Sure. So as it stands right now, we have people with completed films, who are going to tokenize those films and offer them up for investment. So some are feature length films. uh, Others are documentaries. We're also working with people who just have scripts, right? Um, And they'll be able to uh, ideally raise funds to complete the production of those scripts. We've got people who have just an idea, right? They don't even have a completed script. They literally just have a a treatment, a Bible. um, And from there, they're going to work Uh, to raise funds to create a pilot TV show in hopes of being able to get uh, an entire series, uh, first season of a TV show made. So what we do is we work with content creators at every point in the content creation journey, whether you're at the very beginning or you're sort of at the end and now you're looking for that financing. We're we're here to help. 
Uh, as far as people who we target, it's going to be anyone in the industry who's looking to get content made with one exception. Um, and it's no disrespect, but the pornography industry brings uh, a unique group of people to it. And for the sake of crowdfunding, we, we, we decided that we will not be uh, having any crowdfunding related to pornographic uh, films or content. Uh, but anyone else who's doing documentary, TV, short stories, feature length, etc., our platform is for you. Um, I, I, I totally get that. Uh, while you were talking, I was thinking about like the series that I absolutely love, 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 love. Um, and it would be something that I would like to see. I think it only has like one season and it's a mini series, but I would love to see like, it's a, uh, it's second yeah. season, let's say. <laughs> so yeah. it's definitely something that, um, I'd be interested in. And I think like a lot of the people, um, that are interested in anything like artistic or creative would be, would be willing to support that. Absolutely. And it's such a terrible feeling when you have a show that it is that you like that has like maybe seven, eight episodes and you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the next season. And it gets canceled. And so then the only th and the only thing you can do is sign a petition, maybe to hopefully like get your show back on. But with a platform like ours, what a content creator can do is say, all right, you know, you've canceled me, but I've got this entire following of people who's willing to pledge financially to see this second season happen. Okay, Mr. Studio, Mr. and Mrs. Studio Exec, you don't like our platform? Good. I can actually fund the creation of my own episodes and then go out and find a distribution deal after I film the first episode of season two. What we're doing is giving content creators leverage, leverage like they've never had before by utilizing their own fans, followers, people that enjoy their work to financially uh, combine and say to the industry, we want this to get made. And if you don't want it to get made, we'll do it ourselves. For sure. Um, I want to, besides the, the creative side of things and uh, that I'm, I'm absolutely, I, I enjoy and I'm pretty sure like a lot of my audience would enjoy as well, like listening to this. Um, but I wanted to ask you, like, maybe if you can tell us a bit more about like the, the monetary side of things, like how would this work for investors that would be interested in, in, uh, in funding anything that they would find in Cineblock? Sure. Um, so the way it works is, uh, once again, so we're a, we're a Web3 company, right? So we deal totally in, 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 a, in a Web3 reality, right? So when I say we have campaigns that offer up tokenization of assets, what's going to happen is, is that uh, a content creator is going to come to us who wants to run a campaign and say, hey, I want to raise $50,000 on, on your platform. And we say, okay, $50,000. How would you like the minimum investment to be? Or what would you like the minimum investment to be? Is that going to be $100, $500, $1,000? Uh, and what we'll do from there is mint smart coins. The smart coins are what is, what is going to allow for the automation um, of any appreciation uh, in the value of that asset. It'll be built right in, right there off the blockchain. So someone who's interested in investing, what they're going to have to do is get into our platform. Uh, and then they're going to have to basically create a digital wallet, right? And that digital wallet is going to hold all of their investments. They're going to give us their money, US dollars. We'll, we'll take crypto, anything that's traded, right? We're going to take that money and then convert it into a stable coin, uh, a USDC stable coin that's pegged to a US dollar one-to-one. -one. Uh, and then that will then be held in that investor's digital wallet. They'll have to hold onto that uh, coin uh, for a minimum one year. Right. It's not because of us. It's because of SEC related compliance. They don't want any sort of uh, Wolf of Wall Street pump and dump schemes happening on our platform. Right. So then after that one year, 
uh, that investor then has the opportunity then to potentially sell that coin uh, to another investor or hold on to it in hopes that the value of that asset appreciates. And then that investor is then able to see the appreciation of that asset over time, right? Um, so I know it's a little different and, and there's some people who have, who feel uh, some level of apprehension when it comes to dealing in the world of stable coins, but I always have to tell everyone, we are not a crypto company, right? Like I have to be clear, we are not a crypto company. We use blockchain, we use stable coins. If you want to give us your dollars in crypto, that's fine, right? If you want us to return your dollars to you in crypto, that's fine, but we are not a crypto company. Yeah, uh, I think it makes sense. And I think it's this This is something good for a lot of people from the Web2 space that are like very reluctant to get into Web3 by in, 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 in any way. So I think it's good to make this, um, um, I don't want to call it a difference, but maybe a statement or I don't know how to define that. But um, yeah, absolutely. And and you touched on, on Web 2.0, right? I think the beauty... The people who are going to be the most successful in Web3 or or in Film3 in particular are going to be people who have built this following in Web2 and monetize them, right? I think so much of the, the framework for making money in Web2.0 was, hey, you build up all these followers, right? And then uh, advertisers reach out to you, say a Coca-Cola or whoever, and say, hey, you've got X amount of followers. We'll pay you a, a certain amount of money in order for you to advertise products on your platform. That's basically what IG models do, et cetera. And that worked for the past couple of years, and it's great. But as we move forward now in Web3, the people who I believe are going to be really successful are the people who say, okay, I've built this following, but rather than just make money vis-a-vis advertisements, I'm going to financially partner with the people who follow me, right? And turn these people who are my fans slash followers into my first group of investors, right? Think of your favorite musical group, your favorite artist, if you had an opportunity in any way, shape or form to help them fund a project or a future project, why wouldn't you, right? If it's a musical group you follow, if it's a director, whoever, and they, they do a campaign and say, hey, I'm looking to raise X amount of dollars, who, you know, who's ready to, to join with me? People will immediately jump in. So I think that's the next level of financial partnership that we'll see in Web3 and, and the content creators that recognize this will come out of the gates blazing to use an example right yeah a hundred percent so you mentioned community several times i wanted to ask you like what is your community building strategy oh gosh right it is bootstrapped organic one thousand percent we do not we are not doing anything um uh, extraordinary. It's literally us getting on IG, us getting on Twitter, us getting in forums like this, and literally just talking to people. Literally, you know, uh, one at a time. Group at. A, sometimes we'll do groups like you know my my co-founder. He loves Clubhouse uh, and Twitter Spaces. He goes on there and and we'll just speak with people uh, as much as possible on those platforms, right? Um, so it's it's really just about. From, from the ground up, we are a grassroots organization and that's how it's really found. And so it's really just about finding people within these communities who have a genuine interest. One, are you a film enthusiast, right? Are you someone or are you a content creator? If so, you know, do you have a second to just listen to hear about what we think the future is going to be and how it can potentially benefit you? And it's funny, you know, <laughs> like I, I reached out to someone via Instagram 
Uh, and this morning, you know, I got a message back like, this sounds like a scam. And it's so amazing for me, like, to hear that people are so off put by someone saying, hey, I have something that might be able to help you. And the defensiveness that people have in this industry, it's just like, wait, is this a scam? You're trying to just hustle me and make money? And it's just like, no, we're actually here to try and help you. But I think we're so inundated with people trying to scam us via the internet that that almost becomes like a the default response that people have when someone is extending their hand and asking, uh, do you want some help? Yeah, I was about to say that. I think that's exactly the reason why everybody's like so reluctant. And it happens to me as well. Like I get approached like so many times and sometimes the most successful deals I've had started with the most random message. And sometimes I don't even want to reply to that. I'm like, what am I supposed to say this? Like, what does this person want from me? And I reply. And then I'm like, boom, wow, this person is so amazing. Or they have this amazing product or like, maybe we can work together in some way. But I, I swear to God, that's exactly what I was thinking the other day. The most successful relationships I've had in web three, they started with the most random messages. Yeah. And I think it's, it's very important for, for everybody to, who's listening to this to, to take notes because it's so true. Yeah. And the reality is there so far, there really is no formula for success in web three, right. Or film three, right. It's, it's literally, we, we are at the very foundation of it. So, so much of it is throwing something on a wall and see, seeing what sticks, right. Maybe in 10, 20 years, there'll be a, there'll be a playbook based upon the things that uh, people in this community do. But as for right now, it's just like, Hey, reach out and see what happens. Yeah. For sure. Um, something else I know is that partnerships are a big part of what you're doing. Uh, and I wanted to ask what kind of partners are you looking for and how do you expect this to play a role in your expansion? Yes. Uh, partners. Distribution, distribution, distribution. If anything, to get content creators work out there, right? So it's often the conversation that I have with with directors and writers. It's just like, Sharif, how can I get my work out to people? Right. And so we've had to be creative. Now, I relay to you our plans for trying to implement a streaming service. Once again, that's further down the line. So what is it we're doing in the interim to get content creators work out there? Well, one of the things is using the metaverse. Right. Um, Facebook, well, now Meta, has, has taken a real big gamble on this concept of community and shared space. Right. So one of the things that we're going to look to do is have content creators uh, completed films um, and basically have metaverse screenings of those films for people who are, are just uh, who just have scripts. What we're going to do is table reads of films in, in the metaverse and get communities in there uh, all together um, just so people can see this completed work. So for us, it's really all about who we can collaborate with to help get the work of the content creators out there to the public. Uh, as far as uh, additional partnerships, it's anyone who's willing to let us get out here and just speak about Cineblock as a whole. So people such as yourself who are kind enough and, and, and have an interest enough in seeing people with some different ideas get out here and allow us to speak, right? So whether that's Clubhouse, Twitter spaces, uh, et cetera. So those are some of the partnerships that we're looking for. Something you mentioned that I really loved is that you aim to build a generational wealth for masses. Um, something that is was something that really, really drew my attention. And I wanted to ask you if you can tell us a bit more about that as well. And I think it kind of expands on one of the, the questions that I asked you before that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what I tell people is like, let's take a step back, right? We take the world that we live in. Most people take the world that we live in for granted because it's here every day, right? Imagine if we could get into a spaceship or a time travel machine, rather, and travel back in time to feudal Europe. I'm talking, you know, 1300s, 1200s, right? Now, in feudal Europe, a king owned all of the land, right? That king then bequeathed land to a lord or a knight, whoever helped them win a war, all right, or keep peace. That knight then had serfs who, in exchange for protection, grew farms, or excuse me, grew food on these, on this vast plots of land, right? And so that was the exchange. So if we, Alex, traveled in a time machine, right, back to Europe in the 1300s, and walked up to one of these serfs who was, you know, gardening or handling the plants and said to them, you know, you can own all this land. They'd look at you crazy. <laughs> They'd say that's impossible. Only a king can own the land and only a lord can then have this land. It took thousands of years for feudalism to break down as an economic system and then for capitalism to come in its place. So right now, if we were to walk down the street, and say to someone, hey, have you ever thought about being a movie investor? They probably look, look at you and say, no, I haven't thought about that. That's great. No, because the, it's never been available to the everyday person. And what so many people don't realize is that when people get wealth, and I mean real wealth, I'm not talking like, hey, I have a nice car and like a gold chain. I'm talking seven figure plus wealth. One of the first things that they do is they buy art. They buy art because art appreciates at a faster level than homes or even the stock market. So what we're doing is we're opening up for the first time ever art to the masses, but, it's, but the use case here is film. And all we're doing is fractionalizing that investment, right? And like I stated earlier, so someone who invests in our platform has the ability after a year to sell their investment or hold on to it in hopes that there's appreciation. So what we're doing is uh, in the same fashion that mutual funds were then open to the public where they could buy a piece uh, of homes together as a pool, same thing. And so what we're doing now is opening this door for everyone to now be an investor in art and or films. And that in and of itself will help create passive income. That passive income will help build that generational wealth. I tell people all the time, if you could travel back in time, I'm a film and TV buff. If you could travel back in time and invest in The Sopranos, Back in 1998, think of all the money you would have made, right? Think of, obviously, HBO had it out on its platform. Then think about all the DVD sales. Think about then all the memorabilia that came with The Sopranos, the posters, the T-shirts, right? Every time it won an award, the value of that, the value of that art appreciated. Same thing here. So we're just giving people the opportunity from the ground up, literally at the ground floor, to invest in something that may have a major payoff later in life. Yeah, I love that. Like I'm I'm all about like long-term plans. So I'm I'm really into I'm really digging what you're saying. Um something else I wanted to ask was that you have worked for GitLab for quite a while and mm -hmm. I wanted to ask like what are some lessons you've learned from their scale-up process? Because from what you told me, you were there kind of from the beginning of things and you've seen them evolve quite a lot. Yeah. And I wanted to ask like what are some scale-up um What are some lessons you've learned from their scale-up process that you yeah. think would be useful for Cineblock as well as any other Web3 projects out there? Yeah, awesome. Great question. So for those of you who don't know, GitLab is a tool in the DevSecOps space. 
uh, that specializes in version control and CI/CD. I don't want to get into what all that means because it, it can get overly te- <laughs> yeah, it can get o- overly technical. But I joined the company when they were still uh, a startup, and then they went public two years um, after. So I joined when they were technically a Series D, as in David, and then went public in 2021. So I got to see the company grow. I want to say that I was employee number between maybe 400 and 500, something like that. Um, so I got to see a lot of things and you learn a lot. You learn a lot. Um, now, more in general for startups, it amazes me when I speak with other founders of, of businesses that they really don't have a working knowledge of sales. I have a bias in that I come from a sales background. I've been in the world of sales for 10 years plus now. So when I look at a company, I'm thinking from a sales framework. The, the first thing I think is, why would someone purchase this product? Why would someone purchase it now? And then how does this product differentiate itself from other ones that are out in the industry, right? So in short, they always say, why, why now, and why us? If you're able to articulate those things, you potentially have a sale at hand, right? And I think so many founders of businesses focus on this idea like, oh my God, this idea is so great. Make it and they will come. It'll all, like, this idea is so great, it'll sell itself. Look, I've been in this business a long time. Nothing sells itself with the exception of maybe sex and drugs. <laughs> all right, that's, that's about it that sells itself. You have to have a sales team in place and a functional sales strategy. So that means then that your marketing and your sales have to be fully aligned and you have to have that all in place in order to properly scale. And I think so many founders don't think about this step in large part because sales has sort of a negative connotation to it, right? I think there's so many bad salespeople that it's left a sour taste in the mouth of so many consumers, right? You always hear the term used car salesman. And that in and of itself implies, you know, uh, a shady, you know, slick back hair person who's just looking to sell you anything to make a dollar, right? Uh, and this is true for some people, but most actual salespeople are not not that way. Um, and so you have to have a, a sales process aligned. The other thing that I came to realize working in the startup community is that just because someone has a title doesn't mean that they provide any real value. Right? I've seen <laughs> like I've seen it time and time again. <laughs> Where someone like, oh, I'm director of this, I, I'm VP that. And then you get into actual discussions with them. And it's just like, wait, you don't know anything. Your ideas are, are terrible, right? And what you did was an absolute failure, right? So just because someone has a title doesn't mean that they can actually be leaders and bring value, right? A leader doesn't need a title. There's so many ways that you can be an effective leader independent of a title. And just because you have a title doesn't mean that you'll be an effective leader. This is what I had to learn over time. So when I hear people all the time say, you know, just throw out titles, I'm just like, yeah, what that doesn't mean anything to me. Makes sense. Um, one of the projects you are promoting is Malibu Road, from what I understood. And I wanted to, to kind of take it as a case studies, case study yes. and ask you uh, if you can tell us more about that, because I think it's a very good example of like how things work um, actually with Cineblock. Absolutely. So Malibu Road is going to be the first film that we tokenize on our platform. The director of the film, a gentleman by the name of Monty, or Montgomery, he went to high school with my co-founder, right? And so, so they've known each other even longer than I've known my friend and co-founder. They go back to what the mid-90s at this point, 
So almost 30 years they've known each other. Um, and that's going to, and it's a really interesting film. For those of you who don't know, it's about the MK Ultra Project. Uh, and what that was, was a study in the 60s about people using uh, basically LSD, giving people LSD and seeing what they do. Uh, for you Stranger Things fans, uh, for fans of Stranger Things, that is the backdrop to what that TV series was about, right? And so that's ultimately what this film was about. And it's going to be the first film that we're going to do a token off- offering of. Uh, so when we launch, that'll be what we refer to as the POC or proof of concept uh, to the world that we can do it. There's already been a lot of demand uh, for it. Uh, unfortunately, for the investors out there, you not all of you are going to be able to take part in it, right? So, so you just because it's it's going to be limited. So you may, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we're still discussing what what the actual equity raise will be. Uh, it'll be you know, probably six figures. I don't want to throw the the number out now because it might change. But in all probability, for the amount of people who've expressed interest, there might not there there might be more demand than supply. Uh, so for those of you who miss out on the Malibu Road tokenization. Don't worry. We've got a bunch of other films lined up for you to be able to invest in. Some of them will be completed films. Some of them will be stories that are looking to get to completion. But yeah, it should be really interesting. And for those of you who'd like to check out the movie, you can see it uh, right now either on Amazon Prime or on Tubi. T-U-B-I. Um, when are you guys planning to tokenize this? And like, when can people start um, pledging their support for it? Right. Um, so we're going to look to launch uh, at the end of August, maybe early September. So we're about six weeks out now. So you can find us uh, info on us on cineblock.info. That's our capture site. Please log on to that. Once again, cineblock.info. Uh, and you can sign up to receive our newsletter. Uh, you can sign up to be uh, either a filmmaker or a fan. Right. Um, and then additionally, we're on social media. So we're on IG, Facebook, Twitter. You can find us under Cineblock Films. This is our logo for those of you who are looking at this. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're on Cineblock Films. And uh, if you sign up for us, you're going to receive the most up-to-date uh, information on tokenizations that are happening uh, and upcoming events. So we've got a lot that is going to, to kick off here in the second half of the year. And I'm really excited. We've been working on this since, like I said, since 2019. So we're coming up on on four years uh, of work that we've been doing to get this off the ground. I'm, I'm actually very excited to, to see it uh, kick off, let's say. Um, I wanted to, to also ask, Anna, before we wrap this up, like what are some tools, uh, marketing tools that you think would be useful that you've used or... Are there any resources that you found in the space, um, educational resources that you think anybody should know of? Yeah. Well, I think I mentioned two of them already that immediately come to mind. So one, the metaverse, for those of you who've never done it, it's a little different. I like the first like logging on, I was like, what is this weirdness, right? You get this digital avatar and you're walking around in this room. So it's almost like a video game, right? And then all of a sudden you can just turn around and then all of a sudden there's this big screen showing this movie and now you're watching it with all of these other digital avatars right there on your laptop or your smartphone or your cell phone. So getting sort of acclimated to that is going to be, is going to be uh, important, right? Cause that's where we're going to be doing a lot of our, our, our displaying a lot of the, the content it is that we have signed up and then MetaMask, right? People are going to have to get familiar with this concept of having a digital wallet. And, and for people who've never done it, you know, I, I'd say it's, it's similar to Venmo, PayPal, right? You're going to get a third party that's just going to hold your monetary funds. Uh, but instead of it being Venmo or PayPal in US dollars this time, it's just going to be smart tokens, 
right? Which you're able to log into and then see, uh, you know, your dollars appreciate. So th- those are two that I've had to get familiar with, right? And and for the sake of Cineblock, getting familiar with those, those will be key. All right. Um, so where can people find you? You already mentioned your website, but where can people find you? Me? Or- so what's it? Yeah, I'm, I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia, right? You can find me any, like Sharif at cineblockfilms.com. Shoot me an email. That's S is in Sam, H is in Harry, A is in Andy, R is in Robert, I is in Illinois, F is in Frank at cineblockfilms.com. Shoot me an email and I will gladly respond and look to coordinate time with you. You can send me a message on LinkedIn. Sharif Bennett, once again, my full name. Um, if you want to have, you know, more of a one-on-one discussion to really understand, uh, the platform. Um, I'm, I actually might, might send you some, might, might send somebody your way, um, to maybe, uh, he's really big into films. So maybe awesome. you'll be uh, open for a chat. Uh, well, Sharif, thank you so much for, for this chat. I'm wishing you best of luck with, um, your first, uh, movie being tokenized and I can't wait mm-hmm. to see you, uh, kick off and, um, yeah, I'll chat with you soon. All right. Thank you so much, Alex. It's been an absolute pleasure. Please enjoy the rest of your Friday. Thank you. Ciao. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our Out of Ordinary podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to hear more content like this, then open up the podcast app and click on the follow or subscribe button. It takes less than five seconds and is the single best thing you can do to support the show and stay up to date to more marketing strategies that are being used in the Web3 space.